Welcome back to the Maroon Weekly. My name is Ram, and I'm joined by my fellow hosts, Isaac and Austin. If you're new to our podcast, this is our segment where we go over the week's news, both on campus and in the local community. And if you've listened to us before, we're excited to have you back and are looking forward to a new year. Isaac, you have a pretty big story that happened a few weeks ago. Right. So on September 20th, 2,200 nurses with National Nurses United participated in a 24-hour strike outside the University of Chicago Medical Center, UCMC. UCMC nurses said that working overtime in understaffed conditions prevented them from providing patients with the highest level of care. In the lead-up to the strike, hospital administrators disputed the claims of National Nurses United They said its nursing staffing levels are the best in the state and the city, a fact which they claim has been validated by staffing data and third-party evaluations. And that kind of contradicts what the uh, National Nurses United at the UCMC went on strike for because they filed more than 1,700 complaints in the last 18 months, citing understaffing and mandatory overtime and violations of the National Labor Relations Act. In preparation for the strike, UCMC took a number of measures to reduce patient load, including diverting new patients, rescheduling appointments, and putting the hospital on full bypass, so all ambulances that could attend a different hospital went to different hospitals. The original plan was actually to not disrupt normal hospital operations and hire replacement nurses. This plan was made impossible because National Nurses United staged simultaneous strikes at 12 hospitals across three local states, And so this volume of strikers made uh, the ability to get replacement nurses extremely hard. So the scale of the strike did prompt the UCMC to obtain replacement nurses during the strike. So these temporary nurses do require contracts of at least five full shifts per nurse, which led UCMC to withhold staffing and NNU nurses until Wednesday at 7 a.m. And despite being locked out of the hospital until Wednesday, when contracts for these temporary nurses ended, the nurses on strike said the work stoppage would only last 24 hours. UCMC began preparing for the strike on that Monday and on Wednesday night enacted a full bypass plan to direct all ambulances to other hospitals. Some of these pediatric patients were transferred to other hospitals early in the week in anticipation of the strike, while some procedures were rescheduled and the hospital limited all transfers from other hospitals. And finally, Grazina Cohen, a staff nurse in a general medicine unit, summed it up by saying, all we are asking for is safe staffing because we know we will deliver excellent care and we are here for our patients. In the wake of the strike, no contract has yet to be reached between National Nurses United and UCMC. However, on October 4th, nurses at UChicago's Medicine Ingalls, which is a satellite hospital further in the south suburbs of Chicago, voted by a 72% landslide to join the same union that striked at UCMC. Ingalls is a recent addition to the UC Medical Network, and this nurses strike you know, integrates them with the larger nurses community at UCMC. So more recent news, Rom, you've got something about a new store opening up in Hyde Park, is that right? Yeah, so many university students have been anticipating the opening of a new Trader Joe's in Hyde Park, and the store will officially open its doors at 9 a.m. on Friday, October 18th. And also, there's going to be a ribbon-cutting ceremony, and on opening day, there's also going to be live music and giveaways. So if you're interested, make sure... You visit the store, which is located on South Lake Park Avenue and East 55th Street. Getting the Trader Joe's in the store location has been a large effort, both of the community and the university. The university owns the storefront in which Trader Joe's is being put into. And about a little over a year ago, when Treasure Island, the previous tenant, left, the university looked for proposals for stores to come in and reach out to the community and really has been trying to get a tenant into the space. And I know, I think all university students as well as members and locals of Hyde Park are very excited to have the storefront back in. 
Staying within the scope of local news, the University of Chicago-owned American Taxi Service Building is set to be demolished beginning this week and continuing on until the end of November. The deteriorating condition of the building, which has not been in use since 2013, made the demolition necessary, according to university officials, who also say that they have no plans for the future of the property where the building is located. Just a few blocks over, Kenneth C. Griffin, local Chicago hedge fund manager who donated $125 million last year to the university to endow the econ department, now has donated that same sum of money to the Museum of Science and Industry here on the south side to rename it the Kennedy Griffin Museum of Science and Industry. Maybe if we're all lucky enough, in a couple of years, we can attend the Kennedy Griffin University of Chicago. <laughs> or yeah. go to Kennedy Griffin Trader Joe's. The, maybe someday the Krakoka Museum of Science and Industry. Yeah, yeah, hey, maybe, maybe someday. Speaking of MSI, there was an unlucky fellow uh, within the past week or two that got himself trapped under a forklift at MSI. He turned out to be okay. He's all good, but that also happened. So don't don't let that happen to you. It probably sucked. There's been a lot of news this past summer, movement on the Obama Presidential Center, and recently there's been some news about the archives and use of the Obama Center archives. Isaac, you have some about that? Yeah, so the University of Chicago professors Adam Green and Jacqueline Stewart are helping curate the Obama Presidency Oral History Project, the official oral history of the Obama Presidency. The project is led by Columbia University's Center for Oral History, the oldest and largest oral history archive in the nation. According to Green, who shared a status update with the Maroon by email in late August, the project is in its early stages. Green and Stewart are dividing their tasks, identifying individuals to interview, and clarifying criteria for determining further subjects. So, for those of you that don't know, I guess, Isaac, can you touch on a little bit about Obama's connection to the university, why the Obama Presidential Center kind of ended up in Hyde Park? Yeah, for sure. The Obamas, who maintain a second home in Kenwood, were deeply embedded in university life during their time in Chicago. Barack Obama taught at the University of Chicago Law School from 1991 to 2004. Michelle Obama, who was raised in South Shore, was the university's Associate Dean of Student Services. She later joined the University of Chicago Hospitals, eventually becoming Vice President for Community and External Affairs, a position she held until 2008, when she became the First Lady of the United States. Unrelated, but also pretty cool, the university recently launched a partnership with the French National Center for Scientific Research to fund 10 three-year research positions for projects in physics, molecular engineering, math, and biochemistry. Provost Daniel Dermeyer explained that the program was motivated by the university's desire to increase global collaboration in the wake of national travel bans. Dermeyer stated, We have been very vocal in our concern with government policies that restrict access to global scholars, restrictions on both immigration and travel restrictions. And we will continue to do so because fundamentally, we believe that the greatest science and greatest academic accomplishment thrive in an environment of openness. Kind of like podcasts. (laughs) Kind of like podcasts. (laughs) Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. Thank you to the Logan Cage staff for the provision of the edit suite. And thank you to Andrew Dietz, Aaron Senden, and Kenny Tobit-LaVega for music production. As always, I'm Ron. I'm Isaac. I'm Austin. That's all we have for you guys this week. Be sure to follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And have a great second week,